Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. If you're remodeling or building a new home, you don't want to miss these podcasts. We share information about every component of your home. You'll learn about tile, appliances, cabinets, paint, flooring, lighting. Yes, we have it all. Today is March 16th, and if you're a regular listener, you will know that I catalog my podcast by date. Today I'm excited to have a special guest. Laurel Byrne has been creating new traditional interiors for over 27 years. Now, instead of taking on private clients, Laurel writes about everything having to do with interiors, including kitchens and baths, in her very popular blog, Laurel Home. She also has a website, and she will talk about that in a minute. Laurel, welcome. I'm thrilled to chat with you today. Well, I'm very happy to be here. Today, well, first I want to mention that uh, we will talk about your website in a minute, but guess what we're going to talk about today? What bloggers are saying about kitchen trends. As you know, I'm a kitchen and bath designer. I'm a certified kitchen designer with the NKBA, so I eat, live, and breathe kitchens, obviously. And so I'm really interested in what you have to say about kitchen trends. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what other bloggers say necessarily. I'm, I'm kind of a lazy reader. But um, in, in terms of kitchen trends, um, I don't actually pay a lot of attention to them. Um, because, uh, as you know, doing it, make, um, designing a kitchen, implementing it is, is very expensive. Uh, I live in Boston now. I, I did live in New York for many, many years, but I moved to Boston a little over a year ago. It's, it's insanely expensive. I think the average kitchen here is like $180,000. So when we say the average kitchen, you're not talking about custom cabinets? Well, or... I am talking about a high-end oh, okay. <clears throat> but More high-end. Yeah, yeah, um, not not Christopher Peacock. That would probably be double that. Probably. <laughs> yeah, at least. Um, but yeah, to do something nice. Um, yeah, I was told I have a little galley kitchen, and that the cabinets would be eighty thousand, possibly. That doesn't include installation. So here's my my point. Um, in terms of trends, color, tile, countertops, uh, I, I'm a, I consider myself to be a classicist, which means uh, that my designs are rooted more in the time of the Georgian period in England or the federal period in the United States. Not 100%, but in terms of beautiful proportion and detail of design. Mm -hmm. But of course, that's why it's new traditional because it's, it's 2022. So I, I, we don't live in museums and nor would we want to, but um, it's the same thing with a kitchen, but it also depends on your home. I think that's ultimately, um, the most important thing is that the kitchen belongs in that home. I, I can uh, a wonderful example of a mismatch. Years and years ago, I lived in northern Westchester County, and um, anyway, we I worked for another woman. This is twenty seven, eight years ago, mm -hmm. and there is this beautiful Victorian home. 
in Bedford Village. Those people don't live there anymore. And the, and it's a beautiful Victorian home with a huge pogan pole kitchen. White, just shiny, plain white cabinets. And yeah. For those who aren't familiar with pogan pole, they yeah. typically are very ultra-contemporary. Yeah, ultra. Yeah, ultra-contemporary. It was, it just really, it, it was, it was glaring and jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I, and I, in my mind, I thought, oh gosh, this could be a fabulous kitchen. But um, they'd have to rip it out. <laughs> and somebody did rip something out. I don't know what was there before, but. So what we're saying is, and I'm seeing a lot of this, they put a very contemporary kitchen into a, would you say the house was Tudor? Victorian. Oh, Victorian. I'm, Victorian. And from, you know, from the 1800s. Yeah. So you would think, but I'm noticing a lot of people use contemporary in dated homes. Um, I don't know what it is, but you walk in the front yeah. door expecting something, like you said, oh, something that goes along with the house. There is, and I don't dislike this, but there can be a mix of contemporary that's chic. Mm-hmm. Tastefully done. Tastefully done right. in an old home. I actually do love the look of, like, let's say, like a Parisian apartment with a small contemporary kitchen mm-hmm. and maybe a mix of furniture. I usually say it's like the 80-20 rule. You can have like 80% modern and 20% traditional or the other way around. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be 50-50. That's when I think, Yeah. I think because that kitchen was so big, although the house is big, so it was in proportion to the house. But um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Again, it depends on the house. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. An example of what doesn't work is readily available on Zoom, uh, Zoom on Zillow. Um, oh, I've seen a lot that doesn't yeah, work on Zillow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zillow is my hobby, my go-to, oh my God, what are people doing now? A lot yeah, of times they mean. see something on HGTV and they think, well, I can do that. So number one, they're do-it-yourselfers. They're not thinking of, okay, is this going to go? This is what I like. I saw it on TV. And then they go ahead and do it. And it, nothing flows. And right. I'm sure you can agree with me that if you're going to mix... You really need a professional designer to help you. Absolutely. I mean, there may be, um, you know, one person out of a thousand who's not a professional who has a real knack for it. Right. Yeah. Um, or maybe they have an art background or, or graphic design and they and they do have that aesthetic sense or they just have it. Their mother had it. Their grandmother had it. There are plenty of professionals who don't have it, in my opinion. We didn't say that, did we? <laughs> I'm not mentioning any names, but it's like that in every profession. There are oh, people sure. doing a job that maybe, you know, maybe they're good at the business end of it. But and there is I'm not saying they're terrible. I'm just saying for you know, somebody who's making a living doing it, they're not very creative. And uh it's just yeah. As far as HGTV goes, they've they've kind of wrecked our profession, I think. Yes, I agree. 
um, in a lot of ways, they come up with these generic pat designs. Um, they make people think that they can do it all for a thousand dollars or something, um, in two days or whatever, you know, it's just, it's just pure entertainment. It's, it's yeah. Unfortunately, some people think it's real and it's really happening and, oh, I can do that because I saw it on HGTV many years ago when HGTV was the popular place to go. Oh, really? I would hear my customers say, well, I saw this on HGTV. I saw this. I could do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that is not the quick overnight interiors 101. It's like you said, it's entertainment. You take it with a grain of salt. And and I'm not saying that's every show. There are some shows that I've seen. I I actually, I have a post about HDTV that's very old. I would like to do an update, but that requires me actually watching the show. So, um, because I got tired of the same old, oh, look, honey, granite counters. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have gone into homes I was looking, helping my daughter look for a new house. And it seemed like we'd go in and it definitely needed a new kitchen. I opened up the cabinet doors under the sink and the sink floor had fallen apart, but they had granite. So somebody said, put granite on the countertops and it'll sell. No problem. Save your money. Sell the house as is. I agree. I had clients many years ago who somebody had was given the opposite advice. You need to update the kitchen and they put the most god-awful granite I've ever seen. It just looked, it was scary. Mm. Talking about granite, let's go back to the trends. Um, Years ago, the trend for granite was the granular look. I'll drop a name and say the Juperanas or a lot of busy dark colors, the movement that just didn't go because people pick these and then they would pick a backsplash with a pattern and then they'd have a pattern on the floor, which you've probably seen on Zillow, and it was obnoxious. So when you walk into a house now and you see that old type granite, and you would think granite would never go out of style, but it has. And I'm seeing a lot more simplistic look, whether it's engineered stone or real granite. People are going with the lighter colors. They're going with the Carrera looks or the Calacatas or the plain and simple. And that, I hate to say it, has caused the older granite to be very dated. Yeah, there are some granites that are that are light, um, mm-hmm. that look more like marble, not exactly but they look more like marble than granite. I don't, don't ask me the names because there are thousands of stones. So, and, uh, and for people out there who don't realize, when you go to your supplier, sometimes mm-hmm. they rename it to confuse you. You might go to mm-hmm. two places and you'll look at the same granite or marble and they'll have so two different like names. Branding. They're yeah. branding it so that yeah. you don't shock them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What are you seeing where you live as far as granite? Is it trendy? Is granite trendy? Yeah, in Boston, I mean, I've looked, I, and I still look at real estate listings. Um, there's a horrible trend in renovations um, of the old brownstones and that, that they, they put the kitchen in the living room. So, like, the kitchen, the fireplace used to be in the center of the room, and now it's not. It, the kitchen is butting up against the fireplace. And it's really sad. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I find it, 
yeah, objectionable. I, I don't have that, fortunately, um, which is why I bought this place. So um, I'm going to be doing my own kitchen renovation, as a matter of fact. Good so, for you. So let's, let's go back to the fireplace in the kitchen. Right. So what they did was take the kitchen that was probably in the back of the house and put it in the front of the house with the fireplace. Well, they chopped the apartments up. So oh. listen, you have a brownstone, and each floor is, say, on average, 1,500 square feet. Mm -hmm. So you might have, it, it depends on the building. There could be one or two apartments on each floor. So, yeah, if there are two apartments, it's probably going to be a studio or one bedroom. Hmm. And um, because you only have a certain number of windows. I mean, yeah. generally speaking, there's a bay window and then one other window. <laughs> so um, on every floor. And mm -hmm. so, you know, in order to have a legal bedroom, there has to be a window. Hmm. You know that. So they, are they saying that that brownstone is really being turned into condos, isn't it? Yes. They, I think they're all condos. Now, there are some that are still single family homes. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you could have one for... 15, 18 million dollars here. No, is that all? Let's buy two. The entire home, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it probably needs work. But um, sometimes people convert them back into single family homes mm -hmm. um, after uh, the one I'm in is five apartments. Oh. So getting back to the granite, what are you seeing in Boston? Um, you know, I see a lot of. It, engineered um quartz mm -hmm. um i see a lot of that i do see marble marble the you know statue statuary marble or carrera is very yeah. popular because yeah. it's less expensive than the calicado which is beautiful i would love to do that you know mentioning the carrera if we think about it when i went to italy that's all i saw was carrera and so it's going to be in style for the rest of our lives. It's always going to be in style. And I think that's why people are gravitating towards it. Yeah, there are some that are wider, if you really want a, a wider, mm -hmm. you know, and there are some that are very gray, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, so but still in that same palette of the whites and the grays. And it depends on the size of the kitchen. So mm -hmm. if the kitchen is large enough for an island, which some kitchens here are you know it's a city so it's a little different um i i always love doing a different material on the island counter than the perimeter i've done that several times um and then again some people don't like that so basically as designers don't we go along with the homeowner if a homeowner with i mean back when i was taking clients in, in any aspect of design if they said no I, I didn't try to argue with them. And yeah. I don't think we should. I think some designers yeah. I've heard say, no, you're doing this. And I, I yeah, I'm not one of those. Me neither. I never strong-armed anybody. If I felt very strongly that it was a mistake, I would say that and I would back it up with why. Exactly. I've done that too. Then I yeah. make them make the decision and then they say, mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. I did have a client who wanted the island to be further away than the 48 inches 
And I said, no, it really should be no more than 40. No, I want it this way. So we did it his way. He's in real estate, and he tells everybody, I should have listened to her. Now I've I'm sorry. I've had that too. How far was it? It was about uh, maybe 60 inches. That's way the too much. It's yeah. just the extra step he had to take. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why we are professionals. So if more people yeah. would listen to us, they would be happy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get back to um, why do the trends change all the time, basically? Well, it's to benefit the manufacturers, of course, because they want people to buy the latest product. If we didn't change appliances, cabinets, our clothes, our cars, then the uh, economy would probably be suffering, even though it's suffering right now, but... Although, you know, you can, you know, address what is that going to cost? 100, 200, 300, whatever it is. A new kitchen is, that's a big. Oh, that's a big investment. Yeah, even even, um, something that's just middle of the road is still going to be tens of thousands. You know, I keep saying if, say, purple is in. You yeah. can change pillows, you can change your bedding a yes. lot cheaper than doing the whole house over. So I'm sure you've told people that with just simplistic changes, you have a whole different look, right? You can change lighting. Lighting is a, is a mm-hmm. great way to update a space, the hardware. The other thing that I did a lot when I was taking clients is what I called a, a kitchen Botox Mm-hmm. And that's that was everything but the cabinet. So we changed the backsplash, the counters, the hardware, the cabinets always got painted. And new lighting, new paint or wallpaper, and um, I, sometimes a new floor, but not always. And it looked like a brand new kitchen. Sure. You know, they were just, you know, they were nice cabinets. Um, sometimes some of the doors needed to come off and get you know, put back on, right? But all of those elements together, but they didn't have to shell out an extra whatever for the cabinets, which are the most expensive part usually for the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. If they like the footprint, if they think the kitchen is right. functional, if, yes. if they're downsizing, like the kids are out of the house and they don't have to cook for 12 people, well, right. then why not, Right. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah. Or they have a lot of other things they want to do in the house. Or their house is in an area that they're just not going to get their money back. They just Mm -hmm. can't put that much in. Or they don't know how long they're going to be there. Sometimes they love their neighbors. They don't want to leave. And by remodeling, you're helping the neighborhood, too. I had a client once who hated her house but loved the neighborhood. She always wanted a center hall colonial, and she got one of those 70s brown contemporary, well, modern, I mean, and she painted the house, like, very, very pale gray eventually, and she she redid everything inside, and it's lovely. She loved her house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because on the inside, it didn't it didn't look like a center hall colonial, but it didn't look like what it was. Yeah, there. Yeah, get a professional to help you, and you'd be surprised 
what can happen when you do a couple of changes. Well, I'm going to talk about Studio 41. Studio 41 has showrooms that are constantly evolving, talking about changing. When you walk into Studio 41 showrooms, you're just wowed. They are different because of the variety of products, from bath fixtures to cabinetry to the largest selection of cabinet and door hardware I have ever seen. Now, Studio 41 has 13 showrooms in Illinois, and they have one in Scottsdale. Obviously, that one is my go-to for all of my plumbing fixtures and definitely my cabinet hardware. They have a great team and they stand behind their products. You can also go on their website, shopstudio41.com, look around, see what they have. They do a lot of Kohler and you can always order online. So you won't be sorry if you visit their website. It's great. I love them. Okay, getting back to what we were talking about. Um, what was our next thing? Let's see. Well, let's talk about trends. Why do people say this is a trend, this is a fad, this is timeless? How do you describe and differentiate between them? Great question. A lot of times you'll see in magazines 40 trends that are out or 40 trends that are in or whatever it is. Generally, these articles are written by somebody very young who's not in the profession. They're a writer. And it's not that they have to be in the profession, but then they're interviewing people who've been in the business for three or four years, okay? Or sometimes less. Or less, who yeah. are supposed experts. And what ends up happening that I see, because I do a lot of research for my blog, I'll see the same erroneous information article after article after article because they they will also research what what else is out there and they'll just call i don't want to say they they don't copy it verbatim but they copy the idea down like terrazzo is out like what are you talking about terrazzo is out it's what, been here for hundreds of years yeah what gets me is you'll see two articles come out about in the same week and one will say this is out. I saw one that said shiplap is out. Yeah, I never used it anyway. But the right. other person said in their article, shiplap is in. And so the average person says, well, should I do it or shouldn't I? Now, if you like it, why not? And I say the same thing, and I'm sure you yeah. agree with me. It's your house. Do what yeah. you want to do. Exactly. I mean, if you live in an urban area and you did everything in shiplap, that might be a bit much. But if you have, you know, certain certain kinds of, you know, uh, beach house, certainly. Right. A nautical theme will support that. Yeah. Well, and Victorian house won't. Yeah, it's not going to look right. You know, unless you have a rec room or something, you want to do it in where the kids are, you know, or something. But yeah, no. Yeah. I read where wallpaper is back in. So the article, which I agreed with, said you can really use textured wallpaper, large format pictures, something that goes with contemporary, that goes with uh, the colors. But then I just saw a kitchen with tiny little flowers, like from the 50s, and they said wallpaper's in. Don't take the article or the pictures to heart. You know, you can't believe what some of these people are putting out as saying so they're in. Once or twice a year, I'll take one of those articles and we'll go over it. 
and like, um, I don't know what they're talking about here because, you know, oh, kitchens, white kitchens, white kitchens are out. White kitchens are classic. Exactly. Or we can say timeless, but they're in the same category, classic and timeless. Yeah. I mean, you can, yeah. So if you have a white kitchen, don't rip it out because you think, oh, that's not in. Just add some color, add some color on the walls. Green kitchens are in. Okay. So, right. You can put up some pottery, art. You could, uh, if you have an eating area, maybe you could have a green dining table or green chairs or something. If you want green, if that works in your home, if your home is predominantly, you know, like red and blue or something, it's just logic. Yeah. I also read where plants are in. Now, when yeah. were plants out? Exactly. It, yeah, I, I read the same thing. That There is a lot of that. Then there are trends that they say are out, that are in. And then other trends, it, it, it's all, it's just all mixed up. Some of it's, some of it's okay. But like yeah. you said before, they're either interviewing new designers or they're interviewing people that just want to get their name in this magazine or in this article. And so they don't have the experience or they don't have the right. wherewithal to just keep their mouth shut. But people read the <laughs> stuff and no. believe it. That's the problem. And, you know, when it's a magazine like House Beautiful or Architectural Digest, I don't know. I'm, I'm being, I just would like to think that they have a little more integrity than that or that they care. They just want to sell the magazine. I, you know, keep the sponsors. I agree. Happy. I totally agree. Uh, and I, I hate to be so cynical, but that's certainly how it comes across. How do you feel? I know you mentioned in your notes about the UK. How do you feel about what they publish? Are they spot on or are they as bad as some of the people in America? I'm sure some people are, but based on the kitchen manufacturers like Devol, which is has become really big in this country. They've even opened up some stores here, at least one in New York City, uh, Plain English Kitchen, Neptune, and many others. Uh, they are doing something quite different there than here, for the most part. It is... Uh, more sim- it's simpler, and they're not really big on a lot of upper cabinets, unless it's a very small kitchen. Um, they There are pantries, and sometimes there's a, a separate scullery. That's where I learned you wash the dishes. <laughs> yeah. And um, not always. but And they do love color. They love color. They like earth tones, too. Mm-hmm. And they love uh, stone floors, real stone, real materials. They use real materials. They're not big on backsplashes. They do have them, but not always. And instead of that four-inch lip that we often put on our kitchen, theirs is like two and three quarters. On the backsplash piece? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's small. It, and it's just... Um, you know, really lovely. There are certain things that people take as gospel truth. One of them is a four-inch backsplash. 
I don't know why they did that, because when I can, I've cut it down to three and sometimes two, and I've explained to people, the whole reason for that is to keep the water off the back of the wall. Especially, yeah, if you have uh, a wall cabinet on the side, you can run just a small, short piece of whatever. You just don't want the surface water on the counter running yeah. into the wall. Yeah. Yeah, like I have right now, and I had in my previous apartment. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to change. Yeah. But I'm going to put up a full 18-inch backsplash. Well, there again, what I've noticed, that's a really good trend that I like and I've been using for years. And now somebody said, well, this is in. Bringing the tile up to the ceiling. If you have an 8-foot ceiling, that's fine. If you have a 12-foot ceiling, you've got to stop somewhere. So you can run crown mold and continue from the wall cabinet across, say, your hood area and then bring the tile up to that part. Uh, less wall cabinets, I like that idea too. And I've mentioned yeah. to people who listen that... I can't reach any of those wall cabinets. I happen to be a little petite person. And so anything in my wall cabinets from the second shelf on up, I have no idea what it is. Well, most people can't because even even if they're six inches taller than you, they can't reach it, <laughs> you know? So, um, so, so having the open shelves. Now, I'm not a proponent of a lot of open shelves because everything gets dirty and dusty. My readers hate that. Uh, I mean... I mean, yes, I, I guess if you can afford to have a cleaning lady come every week, they can take everything down and, you know, wipe it down. Um, I, I mean, I understand that. Um, I'm planning on doing some narrow shelves. That I'm not putting a lot on them. Um, no upper cabinets except the whole back of this galley kitchen that's almost eight feet wide. Mm -hmm. Going to be built up to the ceiling and it's ten, it's 10 feet three inches i mean there will be a, a like about a foot from the crown and a little extra before the doors starts and before big doors in the back that's mm -hmm. my good i'm doing a kitchen now a 12 foot ceiling throughout the house and we're going up, well, there's two kitchens that have 12-foot ceilings. One of them is going up higher than the other. But you have to, whatever you do, it has to be proportionate to the room. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I always say, like, with moldings and things, if in doubt, go smaller with moldings. Mm -hmm. um, because better to have a too small crown molding. In fact, I really love a really small crown molding at the top of the cabinet if it's there. Otherwise it looks strange. The other thing that I'm seeing with shaker cabinets is the shaker crown that's like a pyramid. And, and that makes me crazy because that's like, have you seen this? No, because when I do shakers, I just do a straight board across. That's fine. But this is like, you know, a pyramid with the top cut off. Oh, no. There again, it looks strange. you know, yeah. but we, we kind of contradicted ourselves. Um, I was going to say, use the professional to help you so that they can pick out your crown. They can help you with a lot of the tile work and whatever. But then we just said there are a couple of designers out there who are new and they're maybe not the ideal person to ask. No. I've always suggested to people, whether it's your designer or your general contractor, you have to interview them and see what kind of work they do before you write them a check. Look at their portfolio and always get references and contact them. 
Mm -hmm. And I if mean, they don't call you back, that's one red flag. Yeah, yeah. Communication is important. Yeah, I mean, it, if you call three people and none of them call you back, yeah. One of them does, you know, sometimes people just are busy or they can't. Right. Give them, yeah, give them some slack. But anybody that doesn't call you back repeatedly, you don't want to deal with them because communication during a project is one of the most important things. It's, I couldn't agree with you more. It's, it's actually, I think it's number one, good com communication uh, is essential. Oh, I agree totally. I want to talk about Monogram. They have intelligent appliances. Talk about um, trends. I don't think this is going to go away, the smart appliance. Experience peace of mind, convenience, and an optimized performance with the Smart HQ app from Monogram. This elevates the way that you interact, interact with your home and appliances by allowing you to do things like preheating your oven from your phone and checking how much time remains on your dishwasher cycle. So once you learn about these apps, and I wasn't a proponent of it, but then I did a um, podcast with the rep who explained that when you have a app, a monogram app, I'm sure the others do it too, on your phone and there's upgrades, they're automatically upgrading or updating your app. You might get recipes on your app from, for your appliances. It might tell you that it's time for service. So there's a lot more involved in, um, well, finding out if your dishwasher is finished is not the only thing. I think it's just one of those kudos, but it's, they're more practical than that. So if you want to learn more about Monogram, you can go to monogram.com or you can visit your local showroom if you live near a showroom. And if they have working appliances, it would behoove you to ask your salesperson to show you how they actually work. So do we have any last minute words, Laurel? Um, I, I, we touched on this before, but I always say, you know, follow your intuition, follow your heart, do what you want to do, do research, look on Pinterest, Instagram, Pals is another thing. Cause I don't, didn't, I don't know what they're doing now, but some of their business practices, didn't agree. I didn't. That's another topic. But um, but uh, Pinterest is a, is a great source. Or just Google it. Um, or look at shelter magazines. Or check your neighborhood if there are any open houses. Yeah. Oh, peek in there and see what they've done. Yeah. And, and make a file of things that you like. And then you'll you'll begin to see kind of a trend of your trend. Exactly. Exactly. And I've had a lot of people say, well, I don't really know if I'm traditional or transitional. Well, you will find out when you start collecting things. You'll find out. Yes, yes, because everything is going to have like little, you know, whatever. There's a lot also in the marketplace that I call ersatz, which is like French country, which isn't. It just uh -huh. it has like with carvings and curly cues and things. And it's, it's not French country. It's nothing. It's just a made-up design. Uh, yes, I've had clients where they say, oh, I want the look of early zen or something. They make up these things, and, you, and I've said, what is that? Yeah. Somebody came up with putting three or four names together and attaching it to whatever, and um, 
stick to the traditional thing. Traditional, contemporary, transitional. Even traditional. Farmhouse. They'll call something traditional that isn't traditional. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, and which leaves us, you know, looking like, well, okay, we don't know what they're talking about. I wonder if there's such a thing, and I've done research. And, uh, well, just stick with the normal. Hey, this has been fun. I think we're going to do this again, Laurel. Oh, why don't you mention your website and also your blog again? Oh, sure. Um, The website uh, URL is Laurel with an L, Laurel Byrne with an E, interiors.com. The blog is Laurel Home. You You can Google the Laurel Home blog and you'll find it. I I publish two big blog posts every week, 99.9% of the time. And um, that's and I do a few other things on there, but that's the primary thing. I have like 800 blog posts. In fact, I I'm at the point now where I actually am rewriting a lot of them. Mhm. Yeah, we can only write so much. How yeah, many but, followers but, do you have on your blog? Um, 42,000 right now. Oh, is that all? Well, now it's 42,001 because I'm on your blog. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, I want to thank you again. And I look forward to doing another podcast with you. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. And please subscribe on the platform that you're using to listen to these podcasts. I'm on 28 platforms. I'm sure you'll find me on one. You don't forget to share them with your friends. If you listen to this and you realize that we are just full of information, don't keep it to yourself. Tell your friends about it and they can listen and subscribe. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. I have a website that shows my designs. And if you have any questions for me, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. Or if you have any questions for Laurel, you can also email me and I will pass it on to her. Laurel, this has been great. Enjoy the day. Tomorrow is uh, St. Patrick's Day. I'm sure Boston's going to be painted green. Yeah, thank you so much, Nancy, for having me. Thank you, and stay safe, everybody. Have a great day.